Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 108 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lowell. Todd Widener is here with me tonight. No, Peter. Peter, hope you're feeling better and that yeah. we can see and hear you again in episode 109. I know that you and Rhonda and her dad are probably sharing those that sickness together, so Hopefully you are all getting better. And the dog is better, too, because I heard that one of your dogs, dogs is not doing well. Well, one of them is oh. sick. I can't oh. remember which one. Todd, I'm happy to see you. How are you tonight? Good. Rock and roll. Took your old man pills? I did. Okay, excellent. So it'll be a great oh, I episode. think we're, we're in good shape. We'll see how it goes. Thanks to Rhonda and the folks at r Management. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. Appreciate all of you. Episode 108, number eight, not the Amari Rogers episode, not the no. Tim Mash Day episode. I can't think of any other eights. It's got to be Ryan Longwell. What do you know about Ryan Longwell, sir? The first thing that comes to mind is that he became a Viking. That's just <laughs> always like, who cares that he was a great guy? Yeah, don't care. Don't care that he was uh, once the uh, all time leading scorer of the Packers, only in his seventh year. But I thought he's going to be a long term kicker for the Packers. And we were talking about this before the show. I don't, I don't recall or how that decision came about is how he moved on. I, it's kind of a mystery. It might have been a money move. Don't know. But as far as um, kickers are concerned, and your seventh year is relatively young as a kicker, and you're the all time leading scorer in Packers history only by your seventh year. Played nine years with the Packers, six with the Vikings, and then had a cup of coffee, although he did not play in a game with the Seattle Seahawks. He came out of Cal. Now, I was looking up his statistics because I had to know, because we, we have to compare everything to Mason Crosby. Ryan Longwell left Green Bay in 2005. He played a 2005 season with Green Bay. And then Mason Crosby, 2007. So they basically, I mean, there was yeah. a year in between. I, I wanted to look this up because we've been complaining and complaining about Mason Crosby not being able to get the ball to the end zone on a fly. But Mason Crosby has averaged... 37.2% of his kickoffs have been touchbacks in his career. Now they did move. Remember they moved it forward yes. five yes. yards. So that does help. Yes. Yeah. Comparing him though, to Ryan Longwell, Ryan Longwell had 7.2% of his kicks be touchbacks. Really? That's crazy, right? Wow. Yeah. Well, the one year that he Holy played crap. under the new rules, it was only 24.7%. So they moved it forward in 2011. Yeah. He only had twenty less than 25%. That was his best year by far Holy. for touchbacks. Wow. Yeah. Interesting, huh. right? That is. Here we are complaining about money, Mason Crosby. 
Maybe we should ease back on the criticism. Mason Crosby had 62% of his kicks in 2019 go for touchbacks. That wasn't that long ago. No. Anyway, this is the Ryan Longwell episode. Scored <laughs> <laughs> over 1,000 points, as you said, for the Packers. Second all-time behind money, Mason Crosby. I wonder if anyone will ever surpass Mason Crosby. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it would take a – it would have to be another kicker, right? Right, and he would have to play for what? How long has Mason Crosby played with the Packers? It's got to be, well, since 2007, so yeah. six, 16 years, whatever it is, 15, 16 years. So. I, I wonder where Jan Stenneru is in the top top scoring of the, of the I don't think he played long enough for Green oh, Bay. Otherwise, he would be, right? Yeah, he would. He, played yeah, with he was somewhere City. else before he came to – to the Packers. He is only, if only I could look these things up, he is 22nd. He only played with the okay. Packers from 1980 to 1983. So four seasons. He was solid. Yeah, and he was like 700 as, years old at that point. Yeah, he was. He really was. I mean, he was a dinosaur. With all the really shitty things going on during that time frame, he was like the one bright spot. Yes, that no one really cared about, but he was good. Like, well, the, yeah, and the Packers were fucking terrible back. Like, they couldn't do anything right, much no. less kick extra points and field goals. Yeah, Jan. Jan Stenner. So I didn't tell you this, but Eric from Greendale listens. And thank you, by the way, Eric, for listening to the podcast. He fact-checked us on Ooh. our... Um, don't ever do that. <laughs> that's don't, a, that's a full-time job we're not paying you for, Eric. Yeah, don't ever do that. He fact-checked us on the Don Mikowski thing was not at County Stadium and neither was the Brett Favre throw to Kittrick Taylor. The passing of the, the torch when Mikowski first came in. When Mikowski threw the ball, when he they said he was over the line against oh, the Bears, it. that was okay. not at County oh. Stadium. Okay. I think that was in Chicago, actually, at Soldier Field, so way the hell off. And then the touchdown from... Favre to Kittrick Taylor against the Bengals. That was also not at County Stadium. Whatever, Eric. Again, We're not perfect. We're just average cheeseheads. The, the disclaimer is in, the it. disclaimer's in the title. Average cheese. Exactly. Yeah, it's in the title. Yeah. Average. So let's get on to this episode of Average Cheese. Correct. <laughs> the shoe raffle, for fuck's sake, people. We love you if you put in. Last year, we made like $600 charity last year and we're nowhere near that now i'm gonna need to get people on board so i'm gonna do a little bit more advertising and a lot more of that stuff this week so we can make that money for veterans outreach if you're listening to us and you still want to put money into that raffle please do so what else in the slices troy aikman is is your favorite announcer were you on the channel where he was mm-hmm. man, no. there was so many just i, I can't got an exact quote but man he just has so many stupid fucking comments. He does. He really does. It's either something about like talking about himself when he was a quarterback, when anything has to do with like Baker Mayfield or Aaron Rodgers last night, everything had to like come back to him somehow and like how he was a quarterback and what he did. Anything just goes wrong with the Packers. He just piles the fuck He up. loves to jump on, doesn't he, he? he? Oh my God. And if it wasn't for Buck to kind of balance things out, God, he was annoying. He was especially annoying last night. And would Troy Aikman be more like Baker Mayfield if he wouldn't have played for the Cowboys during their heyday? Maybe. He's he's more Baker Mayfield than he is Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Yeah. 100%. God, he was annoying last night. Yeah. Fuck Fucking Troy annoying. Aikman. 
And fuck Aaron Rodgers for taking a knee. Why can't you do the Kurt <laughs> Benker step forward to the line? Oh, man. <laughs> Sean from the UK. I know you're listening, Sean. Sean lost because Aaron Rodgers took a knee. $300 were on the line, and he lost by .08 points because he had Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers stepped backwards and took a knee. So he got like a negative yardage, and then, oh, my God. .08. Sean, we are sorry. We love you, and I hope you enjoyed Columbia, Sean, and I hope that uh, your wife's family is okay. And that it should be noted that those are both championship brackets, probably. Sean must have been in a championship bracket, and so were you. Of course. And of our average cheese listeners are smart people. Of course, they're in a championship. Right. Hound was telling me, too. (laughs) We're going way off the fucking track here, and I'm swearing a lot for no reason at all. Hound Hound picked up Cam Akers because he needed someone to fill his, his spot. And the first run of the game, Cam Akers went for 19. I'm like, 19 yards. And I was like, I can't watch it. I'm trying to get real sleep. <laughs> he lives in Australia. It was probably like 3 in the morning over there or some shit. I don't know. Hound, let us know how you did. So fantasy football, goddamn, yeah. not going well for the average cheese and the listeners. All I won. I beat my son. Nice. <laughs> you can put that on. Yeah, just put signs up all over the house. Yeah. Post-it yep. notes on his mirror when he's brushing his teeth. Oh. Kicked your ass last night, son. Who's your yeah. daddy? He was all right about <laughs> it. Oh, Marcy and I might end up playing in the playoffs too. Last year I beat her for all the money. This year nice. we're gonna have to play in the final again because my team is not great. I took Dalvin Cook out of my lineup because he sucked lately. And oh, then he went man. off for 27 yep. points, and I lost by 24. Great job, Dale. And the Vikings coming back from 33 down. Yeah, that was crazy, right? Dude. We hate the Vikings, but yeah. that might be – that's one of those games that when you look back on it, if they all of a sudden roll in the playoffs, that can be the trigger that made them, you know, like, hey, we can yeah. do this thing. Fuck the Vikings. Yeah, agreed. Sammy Watkins was released right before the game, which is really kind of strange. It's not like they're bringing somebody spectacular up to fill his spot. So that was really weird timing. I wonder if there is a reason for that other than. What did they get? They just released him straight up, right? Yeah. Someone already picked him up. I I saw it. I I didn't see what team picked him up. Someone. Oh, Baltimore. They picked him right back up. I mean, he's a shadow of his former self. Like he's not a good player. If we rewind back to, I don't remember what episode it was when he. When they signed him. Packer signed him. Yeah. I was like, for what? A, A punt returner? You did say like, that. Because uh, he's worthless. I mean, what an absolute and, – and all the hype. Oh, we've got Sammy Watkins this year. We've got Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is going to be our number one or our number two receiver. What? What is right? And he's released. Without further ado, bye. I mean, what an absolute waste a, a roster move, a roster spot. Like – to think that that guy had anything to offer this team. What an absolute train wreck. What a and whiff. Chuck that one back yeah. up on Gutenkraus. You get what they're trying to do there, but that's such a bargain basement move. Like, we don't have any money to spend, or we're not willing to actually go out and try to get anybody that's any good. We're going to sign retread Sammy Watkins for like $1.8 million 
you knew just from that number that they didn't think he was worth a shit to begin with. Right. And not only like the physical skills have diminished beyond what he used to be, maybe like, what was he at overall number three pick or something? Three or four or five pick. Three or four pick. Top 10 for sure. But like that dude was like, he didn't know the playbook for shit. <laughs> I mean, he didn't. And I understand that it's, there's an added complexity when you're playing with Aaron Rodgers. Like you're expected to know not only the playbook, but you're also supposed to, you're expected to know the nuances on the, the hand signals. Yes. What, and, and the hand signals and all that other shit. Dude, that dude was fucking lost. <laughs> he was. I think it was about three quarters there. Um, yeah, he was lost. You don't so, have your quarters with you today? I did. I just dropped three. I oh, know. I didn't even hear them. Speaking of that, the whole hand signal thing, there was like an article that I saw on Twitter yeah. about like yeah. Aaron Rodgers and his signals. Yeah. Are you fucking new to the NFL? <laughs> like, of course he's had those. He's had those his entire career. That was the biggest non-news story I've read in a very long time about the NFL. Yeah. Every quarterback and every team does, don't they? You would think, right? They I mean, have something at least. Yeah. There's always stuff like that. Maybe, maybe he does more than over time. Like people are gonna read those, right? And understand, like, oh, he just like tapped he the right side X of his helmet, and- like yeah two times or or whatever and he did a step back like that means they do this or they make this shift the play is executed like this and like teams will pick up on that so like you you have to be changing that up or there have to be more right? and they're doing that right and it, it, just, just like yes. baseball it's the same shit right that's why they're not writing them down it's like oh they don't right. have them written down and the coaches don't know what they are who gives a fuck like right. the, oh my god that was such a non-story it was unbelievable all right let's move on yeah. Mason Crosby, 255 games consecutively played. Congratulations, Mason. That's awesome. You are a career Packer. You're going to end with 259 games unless we make the playoffs. I mean, yeah. people were talking like, oh, there should be an asterisk because he's a kicker. No, fuck that. Yes, they don't no. take the pounding that like a Brett Favre took or a lineman or any of that stuff. But kicking is such an exact science those guys don't last long if they're no good, yeah. right? Like there are a million kickers out there. If you're not great at your at your job, you're not staying with a team for 16, 17 years. They're going to replace you with somebody else. So longevity for a kicker, while it's not the abuse, it's the mental abuse and you got to be perfect. Yeah. You can't have a, t- a whole lot of down seasons. There's no secret that I've beat up on him the last you know year and this year. But I think the other aspect about him is – his locker room presence. I think he's, he's a key figure in that locker room that kind of binds a lot of loose ends together. And he's done it for a long time. And I don't think it was just like, in you know, just because like he's, he's older and may, maybe that's kind of his role. I think he's done it for almost all of his career. Other guys can kind of like lean on. He's the guy who kind of settles things down when things are kind of going South. He's, going to pick everyone back up like he, he's just been the glue that kind of holds that whole locker room together so that's there is value in that i will mm-hmm. say he's a glue guy i was yeah he sure actually used the word that i was going to use so congratulations mason you will be a packer hall of famer guarantee no doubt speaking of packer hall of famers Keyshawn zero fucks nixon is killing it on kick returns Tell me that you're warming up this Keyshawn Nixon like I already did. 
weeks what did ago. You, how, how did you preface that with speaking of future <laughs> Hall of Famers? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, uh, he's the best return guy in Packer history. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. There, I, I forget. Know. There was someone that averaged like 30-something yards per kick. I can't remember. Peter talked about really? him one time. Really? Way back oh, machine. Fuck, I want to know yeah, who that is. Zero Fox is really good at it, though, right? Yeah. Didn't he had one called back last night? Didn't yes, he? Yes, that was a. I, I try not to complain about the officiating anymore. I've tried to like just get over it because there's going to be mistakes, right? That yeah. was a really awful holding call on that really long run. It was not consequential to what Keyshawn yeah. Nixon was doing. But apparently, of course, I saw this on social media somewhere. He leads the NFL with eight returns of thirty plus yards. That doesn't surprise me. He had in that one game against the Eagles, he had two fifty plus. Right. And then he last, had two yeah. last night, didn't he? Over yeah, 30? He, yeah, he had oh, a nice yeah. punt return, too. I suppose that counts. As far as, like, general returns are concerned, kick returns. Yeah, he's been really oh, good. Man. I mean, I, I think it was Basashia who found that dude somewhere. Yeah, he's a former Raider, right? Yeah. He came over because of Basachia, I think. He found him, and dude got a shot. Here we are. Kind of late to the game. You know, we, we stuck around with fucking Amari Rodgers. Rogers, so yeah. goddamn long. You start to look back Makes and you we wonder. will. Makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. You know. Season could be totally different on one player. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the our record would be right now if Keyshawn Nixon had been returning. Kicks from the beginning of the year? From game one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of unbelievable, one. Jair Alexander made the Pro Bowl? Yep. What? Yeah. Oh, that's even as a pack. I have thoughts fan. on it. Go ahead. Well, go no, go ahead because it sounds like you got you got your doubts. Go ahead. I do have my doubts. Now there are levels to Jair Alexander's play, right? He has been lights out, elite, maybe the best cornerback in football in some years, and maybe I'm comparing this year to that and saying that we don't have the same guy we did. I think the eye test says that he's not the player he was a couple years ago. I don't know. I don't think he's good enough to be in the Pro Bowl. 100% disagree. My thoughts on him are yes. Um, when, When you're talking about his performance this year, has it been... Now, again, he's got four picks, which is, I believe it's his the most in his career. I think there's a couple other factors. One is he's playing on a shitty, a shitty coached defense right number one can't argue that the other part is i believe i don't believe i know that as the type of player that he is no one on that defense is making fucking plays this year nobody nobody is making plays not your kenny clark not your devon dare campbells nobody is making plays right I think he's overplaying and saying and putting it all on himself, like saying, hey, look, I'm the best defender out here. I'm going to make plays. We have to do something, and it's on me to do it. And so I think he's playing a little bit out of his, maybe some chances that he normally wouldn't take, and maybe overplaying some things that he normally wouldn't overplay, is trying to do too much and putting it all on himself. That's what I honestly think is going on with him. The other factors are, I mean, let's face it, as far as like cute corners in the NFL, where does he rate? He's still up there. He's still up there no matter what. And my my last point on him is he wasn't voted captain by the players. And this is a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down, but I personally don't think that players should should be voting in captains. I believe it should come from, from the coaching staff. I think it should come from the leadership 
of the team and from the coaching staff. The coaches should say, they should vote and say, these are our captains on the team. This is who we're voting for, not from the peers. When he was not voted as captain, I believe that put another chip on his shoulder. He He's already a chippy guy. And you put that on, an extra chip on his shoulder, his peers didn't vote him as captain when he's clearly the best defensive player in the fucking squad? Come on now. So I think he's played with that extra chip on his shoulder in addition to all the other things and trying to overplay things. We have two questions with friends. Actually, we had three, but I want the third one for Peter to answer. So I will leave it till next week when he comes back. First one is from Eric from Greendale. Eric from Greendale asked me via a message during the Packer game last night, with Quay Walker playing so well, are the Packers looking at a future star and a perennial all pro? No. I can't believe that you'd say that. You can't be an all pro and not be able to stop the run. Sorry. And, and maybe he will. Maybe he'll develop that skill. I don't know. But right now, with the body work that we've seen from this season, clearly a one-dimensional player as far as like playing linebacker. Athletic okay. skill through the roof. Like last night, we saw some things from him where they, I think they blitzed him. They or did something. bring him. They he sent, did they have sent, a They set. brought him. And, and like, I want to see more of that. Me like too. that might be more of his thing. But, you know, stuffing the hole and stopping the run, not seeing it right now. So unless something changes, I don't see him as being a perennial pro. They can't play him that way. I've said that a thousand times on this show. He is not the guy who is going to plug the hole. If they run at Quay Walker, Quay Walker is not going to be as effective in that way. He's just not that player to be able to come up and thump somebody in the hole. And he's so straight up and down when he does. You know, he's like, he's, he's standing tall. When he goes to fill those gaps and those holes, he's standing straight up. He's not lowering his shoulders and trying to get low and lower his center of gravity and, and try to, to smash somebody. He's not doing that. He's getting stood up by like 350-pound dudes. I say, and I will. I said this on a show that you weren't on. I said, if they used him like Dallas plays Micah Parsons, that's how Quay Walker should be playing. They huh? are almost identical people. Like their RAS score, their physical abilities, their physical attributes, like how tall and how heavy they are, all of those things. They are almost identical players. I think he could be a great player, and I think, and we'll talk about this down the road, the Packers should move him outside on obvious passing downs. 100% agree on that. Play him on the edge. He's fucking fast as that. Right. And especially what they have now. Hollins has been okay, right? I'll give him credit for a backup that they pulled off the shit heap. Hollins has been a good player, but he's limited in what he can do. He's not going to ever be a great player. Remember uh, Baja Biamila, right? Yeah. He was light in the pants too, but I mean, we're talking about two different decades where dudes are bigger and stronger from that decade to this, but, but yeah. Just the quickness. And, and I mean, if if he doesn't set the edge and somebody gets outside, he's likely going to run them down. Absolutely. So. so Absolutely. He had yeah. a nice game against the Rams, too. He was all he over the field. He did. The, Quarterback hit, the best game as tackles a pro. for loss, pass defended, caused a yep. fumble. They yeah. play him right. I think the answer is yes. If they continue to ask him to just run up into the hole and smash dudes, No. He won't be a future star at all. The denominator that we're not really talking about here, too, is like we're we're talking about all these players and 
you know, you, you see Kenny Clark underperforming, you see Devondre Campbell underperforming, you see, you know, all these guys, like, like we just talked about with Alexander and everyone else, like maybe that common factor is Barry, right? Yeah. Not or- getting these guys in the right spaces and the schemes are so fucked that these guys can't perform at, at their optimum level. We don't know what we don't know, but right now, when, when you draft a, a fucking dude like Quay Walker, the expectation is like, this guy's going to be through the fucking roof. Mm-hmm. And, and when he's not, and that's systemic throughout the rest of the defense, and you're seeing that from player to player, from Amos to Savage to Alexander, to it's it's everybody. It's everybody. Yeah. It's yeah. everyone across the board. Yeah, I want Quay Walker to succeed. I mean, that dude is just, I, I like what you said about putting him on the edge. I Can never I really considered down? that. Eric from Greendale, thank you. Last question we'll take, and I'll start with you, Todd, first. Paul asks, what career-ending injury hurt the Packers most between 2010 and 2020? Nick Collins, Jermichael Finley, or Jonathan Franklin? Now, I appreciate you bringing up Jonathan Franklin, but Jonathan Franklin didn't play in enough games to know what he was going to be as an NFL player in my mind. So let, we'll just take it between those two, Nick Collins, yeah, he's, Jermichael he's, Finley. I was a big Nick Collins fan, so I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with him. He had so much upside. He was a couple time. Gosh, he was really solid back there. I, I would have to go with him. I was never that big of a fan of Jermichael Finley, to be honest. I don't know what or why, but he definitely had a lot of upside. But um, I think Nick Collins, his body of work was, I don't think Jermichael Finley achieved any anywhere near of what Nick Collins did. Uh, Nick Collins did in a career. So I'm going to have to go with Nick Collins just based on what he accomplished as a Packer and as a pro. I agree with you. And I'm not going to argue the Jermichael Finley side, even though you wonder what would have been having a tight end of that caliber. Although Jermichael Finley dropped a lot of balls. He had a lot of drops in his career. He was a game changer. He's what Kyle Pitts is supposed to be. But your Michael Finley was bigger and a more of a presence. He wasn't a tweener. Like Kyle Pitts is a tweener, right? He's a smaller tight end. He's not going to do all the things that you want him to do. He doesn't really post guys up. Jermichael Finley could run past you, and he could post you up and just be big on you if he had a safety yeah. on him. So they had to put a safety on him because he was fast, but then he'd just get big on those guys. I'm agreeing with you, though. I mean, Jermichael Finley could have been a great player, but I think Nick Collins was on the level of the Ed Reeds. I think that he oh, had, yeah. he had ball skills. Oh, but yeah. He also, he was a two-time Pro Bowler. He only played for, what, a three-time Pro Bowler. He played maybe six years in the league, seven years in the league. I can't remember what it was, yeah. Nick Collins. Because that was right in that era, too, where the Packers, they needed a lot of defensive no. help. You right. know, he, his career ended in 2011. He didn't really play in 2011. Was it both necks? Necks. Yeah, yeah. Both, both of them were necks, right? Jonathan Franklin, I think, was a neck, too. Wow. I yeah. think so. Holy crap. That is interesting that you put all three of those guys together, Paul, because I think they had similar issues going on. But yeah, anytime a, a serious neck injury comes... Remember Sterling Sharp. The neck the breaks. Things attached, the, the stuff attached to his. Yeah, the strap attached to the back yeah, of his Yeah, the helmet. straps to, to attach to the upper part of his uh, sh- uh, shoulder pads. Imagine doing that. So he wouldn't, well, it wouldn't allow your chin to, to come down. Hit your, your chest. Man, that, I mean, that was still ballsy. I mean, back <laughs> step, come on. Absolutely. I mean, hey, uh, equipment manager, can you just uh, 
Put a chin strap on the back of my helmet. I need two of them actually. <laughs> Real short. I just don't want to be keep hitting my uh chin on I don't want chest. to keep hitting my chin on my chest, or I might, you know, like fracture one of my vertebrae back there that's not feeling so well. Not like, hey, I need one of those big neck pads that you used to see all the time. He did like, have a neck roll though, didn't he, for a he? while? Sharp. I, I just know. remember seeing the straps, man. Okay. I've never seen that before. I don't think you'll ever see that again. No. That's not a solution. Can you modify it? Like put the little snap things in the very bottom lower and then like put another couple snap things on the upper part of my shoulder pads. I know that. Make make them adjustable so that I don't just like snap my head down because it's kind of sore right now. Yeah. Because you got fucking problems, Sterling. Yeah. You got real issues. All right. Anyway, thank you to Eric and Paul for those questions. Hopefully we didn't butcher them and it actually made sense. All right. Let's move on to this game. Are you happy? Is this a result that like moves you forward and think the Packers are a playoff team? Man, that is a very tough question. I mean, we're happy they won. I'm not, I don't mean that. I am. I mean, and, and I mean, I, I actually had no doubt that they were going to win this game. To be totally honest, that team is so depleted. The Rams yeah, with, with injuries and stuff, they are a shell of there's no Aaron Donald. No I mean, that's a Cup. big factor. I you mean, don't have your quarterback. You don't have Aaron Donald. You don't have your best wide receiver. Arguably the best wide receiver in the game right now. They were just depleted all over the place. So they were, they're just a shell of what they were a year ago. It was a must-win game, and, and they got it done. And th- there was cold weather. All the conditions were right. I didn't see anything bad that would concern me. But some of the problems that have gotten us to this point are still there happening. There, yeah. There's still some, there's still some things that are there. Those things that are still there work against teams like this, who are just basically throwing in the towel. Like their, yeah. their season's fucking done. And those things are still, you can still, you can still beat teams and, and make those mistakes. But like moving forward, man, a lot more challenging next week and the weeks to come. So offense, good, bad, and ugly. I'll start with the good Romeo Dobbs being out there. He is, it's interesting that they were throwing the long ball to him and not Watson. Remember, he dropped that ball um, yeah. early on, but they had sent him long. He's more of a possession guy, don't you think, than a long ball guy? I mean, he's, he's more, he's versatile, but I think that as I watch him play and compare him to Christian Watson, I think this is going to be more of a Robert Brooks. I know he wears 87. Yeah, so I know. That's, so that's where I'm say that. Yeah. Yeah. But he had a nice game. Very. I mean, maybe he's more the Devontae Adams and Christian Watson's more the the Jordy Nelson. Or the MVS. I think he's a better MVS. Oh, don't ever compare him. Don't even bring MVS. (laughs) He's already better than MVS, but I think he's got the physical attributes of an MVS. He's going to be a better player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was out for a while, came back, and didn't look like he missed a step. I mean, he he had a couple of... Games early on the season where he had the dropsies, but I mean, especially in cold weather, you haven't played in a game in several weeks and you come into like nine degree weather catching cold balls. He looked good. He made adjustments to the ball too in, in routes. I don't think he dropped shit last night. No, I think he had every target he caught. And your guy, Aaron Jones, had a nice game. You know what I didn't like? He got stripped mm-hmm. from uh, what's his fucking name? Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, he's a dick. I mean, Absolutely. he's a cocky dick, but. He's not um, our cocky dick. That's why I don't like. No, him. that's why. Right, exactly. If he was on our team, he'd be awesome. But um, <laughs> right. I felt like the forward progress was done. I mean, it was like done, 
and done and done and then like he got stripped what well, the referees were really late to the whistle there because I, right before we came on the podcast i watched it and i watched it over and over and over forward progress there was at least three seconds that lapsed where he had a pile of dudes around him now granted maybe they didn't like blow the whistle on forward progress but clearly Forward progress was stopped for about two to three fucking full seconds. Hmm. And then he got ripped out of it. And I'm like, come on. Come on. But other than that, he proved when we need to shift gears from ground and pound with AJ Dillon. And we need to like, there's no one else. The way that he explodes through the hole and finds gaps is just really amazing. He had a great game. 17 carries for 90 yards without breaking a really long one. Also caught four for 36 with a touchdown and mm-hmm. could have had a touchdown on that last play and sent everybody to the over. Christian Watson, I, I can't remember what play it was. It was one of the touchdowns. It might have been the touchdown to Jones. Threw a really nice block. Yeah, it was that one. On the left. Yeah, on the left side there. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, so good- valuable. I guess the overall good of the offense was just the scheme was right. You could not know shit about football. And just know that the temperatures are going to be cold. It's going to be Green Bay. What should Green Bay do? I mean, come on. Yeah. We're going to run the football. We're going to smash it when we need to smash it. We're going to open it up when we need to open it. And we're, we're going to win the, you know, the time of possession. That's what we're going to do. We're going to ensure this game is tight. We're, we're not going to take any risks, no big chances. And we're going to control the clock. And they did it. It was well-planned. And this game wasn't really close either. No. I know the Rams aren't a good football team. I get that. Never did I think that the Packers were going to lose this game. It felt like the old days or like last year where you'd look at games and go, the Packers can't lose this football game. I never felt threatened in this game at all. Me neither. I mean, they could have scored on the last possession and it would have looked more like a blowout than it actually was. I'll take it all day long. Should have been 31-12. They took a knee and they could have absolutely scored there. So... There are a lot of good things on offense. Any bad for you? You have a bunch of stuff in the notes. Maybe you want to speak to, but I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, yeah, We'll get into this. I think it's in the ugly. Yeah, the Rodgers pick. So I, I want to comment on that. So I'll let you do the bad right now. So I'm going to stop talking about the tight end room. The tight end room isn't good. We could talk about yeah. it every week. They're not good. They're not going to be good. Nothing is going to change. You hope they can make a play here and there. Alan Lazard was invisible in this game. And that's a little bit concerning. Now, I know that Watson is, you know, on the come up. Dobbs is back. That's great. You also have Randall Cobb got open a couple of times. So you had that. So Lazard becomes your four and he's not going to get a bunch of balls, but he was invisible. The two tackles were not as good as I thought they have been recently. I thought that Zach Tom was really opening holes as the left tackle. And then I looked at his PFF grade and it was like shit. It was like in the 50s. So mm. clearly that's not the same. And Yash Nyman had a bad game. I thought he got beat a bunch of times. I think the sacks, at least one of the sacks were clearly his on him. Yeah. yeah. Who was that dude? Um, that really athletic linebacker that the Rams have. Fuck, I can't Floyd, remember. Floyd, right? Yeah, it was Floyd. Any dude like that. That's like that six three six four rangy two twenty five guy with speed. Yash Nyman's not going to be able to block that guy. 
No, because he's edge. six seven, right? Like in yeah, long. there's just no, there's just no way he gets beat by those dudes all the time. He's yeah. better off against a bigger dude, right? Because now, more in, in all of their defense, I will say, like I've said all year long, none of these guys have had a permanent position. You are expected to perform at a high level. You are. Let's talk about the ugly. Let's talk about the Aaron Rodgers pick. So first initial thoughts were, I was like, holy shit, was that? He was back there forever, like with, he had a lot of protection. And man, he was wide open. And I'm like, how did he ever miss that? Like, that was the worst miss I've ever seen in Aaron Rodgers' career, maybe. It was that far off. Then when they showed the second replay, I don't remember what comments they made. Well, they were talking about a miscommunication on that play. I kind of got sucked into that. Okay. I, I did. Because like if you re if you it was Lazard, wasn't it? It was Lazard. It was yep. Lazard. Man, there was just some nuance of like how he reacted where I was like, uh, kind of looks like it's on you, dude. And and whether it was on him, whether it was on Rogers, or they were just in a complete miscommunication. I just don't see Aaron Rodgers missing a pass that poorly. I, I think it was a miscommunication or it was on Lazard. And I, I just can't see him missing a pass like that. There's no way. I just think there was a safety over the top, clearly, because the safety caught that overthrow. I just think that that has happened more often this year than in any year I can remember recently. This mis- miscommunication, throwing mm-hmm. balls in a spot where, where guys aren't. Do I think Rodgers should have... Throwing the ball to Lazard? Yes, but I'm not an NFL quarterback. I don't know when he released that relative to where Lazard was on the field, right? I was hanging on Rodgers, but Lazard didn't even make an attempt. Was it that far over his head? Yeah, he didn't. He kind of was like, it's almost like he thought the ball was thrown to somebody else. Yeah. It was really strange. It was really really strange. The the whole, just like his reaction and, and, and like where the ball was and like everything else. I was like, what the fuck was that? Right. And that play is indicative to the entire season, right? The Packers are about to go in and score and sort of put this game out of reach. And that happens. It seems like that continues to happen over and over this season for whatever reason. Yeah. In the past, I think Rodgers hits hits Lazard for a, you know, 30 yard gain or whatever. And it's first and goal. Maybe he scores on that play because he's only got one guy to beat in 2022. That shit's not happening. For whatever reason, that was kind of funny, right? Coming off of that article, how there's all these hand signals and all that. And then Watson doesn't understand the hand signal at the line of scrimmage. He never looked. It looked like he looked back, but clearly he didn't because Rodgers did it twice. Yeah. Did the hand signal twice. And Watson went out there and tried to run block when clearly Aaron Rodgers thought he was going to stop, catch the ball, and walk into the end zone because pretty sure it was Randall Cobb on that side. Clearly understood the hand signal and was picking the guy in front of Watson so he could just run into the end zone. Yeah. That's awful. Big mistake. It It was. It's a rookie mistake. And I, But I will say this, and I'll just stop here with this whole thing. Aaron Rodgers wants to feed Christian Watson the ball. Sure. At this point, yeah. He's the new Devontae Adams. He wants Christian Watson involved in the game. He tried to get him that touchdown. It's as simple as that. He changed that play at the line of scrimmage so Christian Watson can score. No other reason than that. Yep. And it fucking didn't work. But 
I love the idea. Now let's get on to the defense. Oh, well, like well. overall, I, I mean, it's, good. It's, hard, it's hard to evaluate when you're talking again. I mean, this is a Rams team that is clearly depleted in every single aspect that made their team a Super Bowl team. I mean, they are not even a shadow of themselves anymore. They are almost a scrap heap of, of a team. Having said that, the Packers defense played well. Some of the same issues are still there. Give me one good thing the Packers did on defense. I thought Quay Walker had his best game of the year uh, uh, as a pro. And I thought he did. I mean, you're being honest, right? Like he I'm being honest. Well. I, I want the dude to be, I want him to be a great player. Yeah, I, th- I thought he played well in this game. I mean, he almost had that pick. I mean, that right. pick was. He's like, running that thing I, back. Oh, yeah. If he catches it. That would have been nice. He had a sack. He had a couple tackle for a loss. Yep. A couple pass defense. Yeah, I, I just felt like he, you saw a lot of him. I mean, when you watch this game, uh, Quay Walker was kind of all over the field. So, and that's, I mean, that's the expectation. We just need to see him doing that consistently from week to week mm-hmm. and with teams that are not so depleted as the Rams. And it's hard to judge, but let's just talk about good on goods on the merits of this game. But right, you don't know 111 passing yards for the Rams. You hold a quarterback to 111 passing yards, you're doing okay. Yeah. Baker Mayfield's not a great player. 111 yards. We'll take it. They got a little bit of pressure with Preston Smith. He showed up again. Yep. Two sacks. Mm-hmm. And he's got to be that guy, right? No Rashawn Gary. Yep. Preston Smith has to be the man. And, and Igbari. Yeah. A bunch of plays. So that, that was a good – I mean, a guy like him will benefit from a game like this just based on whether the – what team was on the other side of the football, right? It's still going to catapult that dude significantly more so than maybe any others. But for for a guy like him, who's what was he sitting like three or four in the depth chart? Yeah, three. I'm like that three. rookie. You know all these different things. He he made a lot of plays. He he started making a name for himself. Like there's a lot of Anikbari mentions. Yeah, watch the Packers. You know? My favorite play of his was when he sniffed out that screenplay. Not yeah. the not the pressures and stuff and the tackles, but he had the awareness to be able to step back and go, oh, this pass is going to this tight end right here. I'm not going to rush the quarterback. And there he was. Shit, he could have had a pick six right there. He threw, yeah. Mayfield threw the ball right to him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why he plays edge rusher, not, you know, tight end, right? Absolutely. Because he can't catch. Bad, as much as I like attitude – I'm getting real sick of the pushing guys out of bounds, being chippy for no reason at all. I don't know if Rudy Ford is that guy. And I know he was continuing the tackle. Yeah. But that guy was clearly out of bounds. Throwing acres into the bench, that's unnecessary. It speaks to coaches don't have any control over what's going on on the field. That's what I worry about. That's why it's bad for me. It's not that Rudy Ford is going to be that guy consistently. I just worry that that is going to be a problem going until someone puts that in check. It looked bad the first time I watched it, it, you know, like when I was watching the game. And then when I watched it again, I'm not defending him, but he clearly lost where he was on the field. He did. And as a defender, and, and you should know this as an experienced player, if you're near the sideline, and you're putting a hit on a guy or you're pushing someone out of bounds, you got to be more conscious of where that sideline is. 
And he, yeah, lost, he, he did, was he doing it maliciously to send a message? No, I, I don't think so. I don't because you could see his reaction like right away afterwards. It was like, oh, he was just kind of like, no, no, I, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, dude, that's too late. I mean, it was. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. It's too late by that. It's if you're late. seeing guys with like hoods on and like ball caps, you're yeah. probably out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, it, was... it just keeps happening. It's not yeah, Rudy Ford. It's not this play specifically. It just keeps on happening. Dumb shit keeps happening over and over again. And last thing on the bad, Darnell Savage. How many plays do you think Darnell Savage had on defense in this game? And I'm not saying I don't remember seeing him at all. Thing. Was he in the game? Has he played his way out of the lineup completely? Was he in? Yeah, he had one. Wow. One defensive snap. Nine special team snaps. I was calling his number several weeks back. Got to pull him. And things have improved. Things have gotten better without him. He's done. I mean, he's he's done. I I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he, he didn't even come in the game. Ugly on defense. Now, we could talk about the Razul Douglas trying to pitch the ball backwards after making a nice interception, being in the right place at the right time. But I don't even care about that. It worked out fine. I mean, it was a stupid play, but the Packers continued with the ball because Amos was able to be in the right place at the right time. On that touchdown to Higby, I have no fucking idea what Razul Douglas was doing on that play. Because if you watch it from any angle, there's no one else on that side of the field. Razul Douglas has one guy to cover, and he just stood there. He didn't even make a play on the ball. That was absolutely mind-blowing to me. That was an ugly play. That was so frustrating. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, there's no one else to make a play on. There's nobody running in the flat. The quarterback's not running out of the pocket. Like, there's no one to cover other than that big tight end in front of you. And your choice is to do nothing. I don't (sighs) think he is a corner. And they've got him playing corner. (sighs) But they're playing zone in that case. He's against a tight end. Really ugly. Uh, Yeah, he he had an ugly game. (sighs) All the big plays or all all the long passes were all on him. Every one of them. How did he go? Uh, we talked about yeah. this. How did he go oh, from what he had six pretty good. picks last year? Right. to being, And he's got picks. Two for, two for pick six. But he's Something been bad like this year. Man, yeah. Along with Devondre Campbell. I hope that's not the case for, you know, he had those two step forward last year, and now they both have kind of hit they the got wall paid. this year. They got paid. Gosh, it, better not be not, it better not be Nixon and Ford. Well, they're the two guys it's from this year. The exact same scenario as last year. Mm-hmm. As you find these two. And yeah. on special teams, finally, zero fucks was awesome in this game. Was. I think O'Donnell punted once, maybe. So there's no real yeah. issues there. Crosby didn't miss any kicks that I remember. So yeah, Nixon was, man, he's, he's solid. Give credit to the, the guys up front. He's had places to run. It's not like he's. He's not making it up on his own. Yeah. yeah you know, he's there's there's obvious lanes to run through and sides of the field to run towards. And the guys are making it happen. And so is Passaccia somehow. So looks like he's he finishes strong, man. Maybe he's around another year. 
All right, so let's talk about this Packer game that we have coming up against the Miami Dolphins. Now, this is a good team. You went from playing the Rams, who are not a good team, to playing the Dolphins. That They are a good team. They've got a lot of weapons on offense. They've got some good players on defense, too. Anybody stick out to you that you're like, whoa, this dude scares the bejesus out of me? Well, I mean, there's Tua. I mean, he's having Does he a- scare you? I don't Basket, know. I don't know. I think the, the Dolphins are slightly overrated. Tua hasn't played well recently, right? Recently, like he, yeah. Yeah, recently. I wonder what the spread is. What is four? What is the Packers four. are four point dogs in this game. Oh, really? At Miami. I really think the Packers have a good shot at winning this game. I really do. I've watched the Dolphins several times this year. I mean, who did they play recently? That They played Buffalo and didn't look good doing it. They do have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Yes. It's not like last week where you're playing against Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell and Skaronic or whatever. Like, that's a bad wide receiver team. Well, this, this is would a be, fast. This would be one of those games where Barry needs to tell Alexander, you are on Tyreek Hill, but you're on your own program. Period. I mean, on which one, Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill? Because that's Hill. two good players. On I, Hill? I think it's Hill. Okay. And you count your losses with, with Waddle. Ooh, I don't that's know. T- that's tough. I'm not saying I disagree, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, man, yeah, pick your poison, so to speak. Yeah. And- I don't know. They're, they're going to go down to a warmer climate. That's going to be a big relief, I think, going down there. I don't know. I, I see the pa- – and I'm not just saying this being, being a homer or whatever, but I honestly see the Packers winning this game. I really think they have a good shot at winning this game. It doesn't scare me as much as... Like the Buffaloes of the world, Philadelphia. Yeah, it, it doesn't scare me as much. Now, granted, it's not a, a Rams team that we just faced, but the only way we're going to get ourselves even into the playoffs is if the offense puts up a lot of points because our defense, we don't know what we're getting there from week to week. We need to hit like 30 plus. That's what we need to win games. The weather's not supposed to be 90 degrees, so the Packers are no. that. It's supposed to be in the 50s, which is kind of nice. Like That's that's the best of both worlds because they're not used to playing in 80, 90 degrees in humidity, so that won't be a factor. Right. That'll be nice. My worry is the two wide receivers, for sure, Waddle yeah. and Hill. But you were saying it before with Yash Nyman, Melvin Ingram and Jalen Phillips on the edge are those guys you were just talking about. Those faster, athletic guys. It's not the Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, punch you in the mouth edge guys. You know what I mean? It's the run around you, be fast to the ball type guys. And that scares me a little bit. Will Bakhtiari be back? I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, I don't think he's coming back this season. Now, Zach Tom is going to have less problem with a fast guy than Yash Nyman. But I worry about those two guys on defense. You know, and I looked up Xavier Howard. Remember Xavier Howard a couple years ago had like 11 picks or some stupid number mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. He is, I shouldn't say completely fallen off the map, but he has not been good. So no. if they can beat up on their corners and keep the rush off of Rodgers. Yeah. I think if the ends are collapsing in around them, there was a couple times in this Rams game that when I saw the replays, especially with the the sacks, he had an opportunity to step through that hole. Step up in the pocket and run? Yeah, either run or, I mean, he had room, but those are lightning-fast decisions, man. Like, you have to tuck it and go. And if he can, if if that's happening on the outside edge in this game, 
Maybe that's what you're going to have to consider to do is Mm -hmm. like, I might have to step up in the pocket when it starts to collapse around me on both ends. And it might. I mean, they should be able to run the football again. Assuming that A.J. Dillon and his concussion issues are not a big thing. Otherwise, it's going to be Jones and Patrick Taylor who did get into this game, to your credit. You did. I mean, he had to. Six foot two, 220 pounds. He has some decent runs. I mean, he's not going to be flashy. He's just going to pound ahead and and see what he gets. But hopefully Dylan is back because I think the Packers can run the football on them. And I think if you're going to score 30, you're going to have to get some Aaron Jones-type plays, those explosive plays, whether it's in the passing game or the running game. But I do think he needs to break off a long run. I think that that is going to be the key to this game is getting some explosive plays out of Aaron Jones. Expect a big Christian Watson play. There needs to be one. There was, I don't remember in this game, there was, I think it was early on where Rogers was back and it was clearly like they were going for it. And I guarantee it was Christian Watson running down the field and he, he pulled it back. Okay. But I, I think in this game, there's going to be some big play or plays from Christian Watson in this game. It's going to be the be the biggest factor and push us over the top. So the spread is four or four and a half, depending on where you go. The over-under is 49.5, so 10 points Ooh. higher than it was this week against the Rams. That's, man, these odds makers are good. <laughs> I mean, fuck. That's why they make their money, right? I know. Well, I'm going to take the Packers. Win. I'm going to go with the over. I think that the defense is going to allow at least 20 some points over. So I will take the Packers in the four and a half. I'm not sure they're going to win this game. I am not afraid of Tua. I am afraid of the two wide receivers. And if you can get the ball out in space with the bad tackling the Packers have had recently, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle scare the crap out of me. I think the Packers will lose. But I think they will also go over. I think this is an over 50 game, regardless of who wins. Packers will lose, I All think, 30-27, right. which will put them over. But they'll still they'll still cover, so to speak. You know right. what I mean? Like they'll get their four and a half. So that's me. Anything else? No. Can't wait. I'm still nervous. It's a big yeah. game. Yeah, it's a big game. I mean, these last three are big games. They can make the playoffs. As shitty as this yeah. season has been. The they fucking Bucks are gonna make it. I know they're in first place. <laughs> That's because the that, South that, like, is the worst. I mean, ugh, wow. <laughs> the Panthers and the Falcons are bad football teams, and they're right there. Oh like yeah. They're, but yes, the oh, yeah. Bucks are gonna be have a losing record possibly, and still make yeah. the playoffs easily. Disgusting. Yeah. All right, so thanks for listening to episode 108 of the Average Cheese Podcast, the Ryan Longwell episode. Go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go.